Chris Mann is a former police officer, an early career move that had profound consequences. You could say he's an attorney and a candidate for Kansas Attorney General because of his law enforcement experience. With us today to discuss that campaign is Chris Mann, the Democratic Party's nominee, in a race pitting him against Chris Kobach, a Republican and former Kansas Secretary of State. Mr. Mann, welcome to the Kansas Reflector. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you for taking the time. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, How's the campaign going? It's going really great. We've gotten uh, some amazing responses from people across the state. People are excited about this race. They want someone in there with the experience to uh, help the people of Kansas. Mm -hmm. So you are a Lawrence resident. So have you made your way out west? I have. We've uh, uh, covered every inch of this state so far, and we're going to keep doing it until November. Yeah, I know a bunch of candidates who, that make this quest to go to all 105 counties, and it, it is quite a slog. Uh, but you could learn a lot about the state and the people, and so it's uh, it's an it's a it's an adventure, so to speak. It is. I picked a bad year to buy a pickup truck, but uh, other than that, it's been fun driving across the state. Yeah, it's just gasoline. So, why are you running to serve as the Kansas AG for the next four years? So, I'm running for Attorney General to focus on public safety and not politics. I've uh, been a police officer, a prosecutor, the victim of crime, and an advocate for crime victims. And I want to bring that experience uh, to the office and to the people of Kansas to help protect people, keep them safe, and uh, protect their rights. should mention there's no incumbent this year. Uh, Attorney General Derek Schmidt, a Republican, is the GOP nominee for governor. So he's vacating that office after about a decade and taking a crack at, at being Kansas governor. So I can read a bunch of stuff from your bio, but if you were speaking directly to Kansas voters, what would you offer as the most significant in terms of of the campaign and what you would want people to know about you? Yeah, so I started out my public service career as a police officer in Lawrence, Kansas. I was actually the youngest police officer on the force at the time. I was uh, 21 years old, and it was a great job. It was a job I really uh, enjoyed doing. I felt like it was a calling. Uh, Unfortunately, that ended for me. Um, In January of 2002, I was hit by a drunk driver uh, and had to leave the police force. I wanted to stick with public service, though, so I went back to law school at Washburn and uh, became a prosecutor in Wyandotte County then moved to the state where I prosecuted white-collar crime. And uh, in the past few years, I've been working with victims of uh, drunk drivers and helping them with their cases. And it's that experience and that experience in the law that I want to bring to the state of Kansas, to the people of Kansas, to make sure uh, that that office is run the way it should be. We'll get into more details about your background. Your opponent, your Republican opponent in this election is Chris Kobach. He was elected twice to statewide office, Secretary of State, and he also lost a GOP primary for U.S. Senate in the general election for governor. What do you make of his candidacy? Yeah, so uh, you're right. Uh, Chris Kobach has run for office uh, a lot of times. Uh, Over the past 20 years, I think it's five different times, and uh, the one time he got in office, he cost our state several million dollars for his uh, policy decisions. Over that same 20 years, I've been a public servant. Uh, like I said, a police officer, prosecutor, advocate for victims. I think that's the real difference in this race is this is my uh, first time in politics. This is the only office I've run for and I'm running for it because I want to do the work. 
Um, I think that that's going to be clear to the voters in Kansas that I'm running for this office to help the people of Kansas. My uh, opponent is running for the office uh, just to run for another office because he's a politician. I think you mentioned that Chris Kobach is a threat to democracy. You want to explain that? Sure. So, you know, people deserve to be free. And uh, an example is that is uh, people deserve to be free from uh, violence, which has increased dramatically over the past 10 years. But if the focus of the office is what Chris Kobach has said, which is his own political agenda, then he's going to be distracted from the important work that needs to be done to protect the people of Kansas, to protect our communities, and to um, to help make Kansas a, a safer place to live. Chris Kobach has been an er- early adherent to the idea that uh, former President Donald Trump got ripped off in the 2020 election. He's talked about election fraud. He's also suggested that as Attorney General, he would set up a special unit to do nothing but file lawsuits against President Joe Biden. What do we think of that? So he's uh, specifically said that he'll wake up every morning to, to find a new way to, uh, to file lawsuits against the federal government. I, I just don't think this office should be focused on one man's political agenda. The office is far too important for that. This is the top law enforcement office in the state. And uh, I think that it should have someone with a background and experience in those areas uh, to best help the people of Kansas. You've been endorsed by Stephen McAllister. He was the U.S. Attorney for Kansas from 2018 to 2021, I think. He was a Trump appointee. That's an interesting endorsement, seeing how you're the Democrat and all. You know, I think my story resonates with Democrats, with independents, with Republicans, with common folks uh, across this state who uh, I share a background with as a police officer and a prosecutor. I've worked with uh, with folks across this state to uh, to help keep them safe. And I want to continue that work. And I think that that is going to resonate with uh, with folks across the state. We're going to talk about your background now. We'll try to do it a little bit chronologically so that we can keep it straight. As you said, you were a Lawrence police officer. I think you became a cop before you graduated from the University of Kansas. Why did you become a police officer? Yeah, so my father was actually a police officer before me. Uh, He was an officer in Lenexa, Kansas. And and I remember uh, very distinctly as a young kid watching him uh, get dressed in his uniform knowing that he was going off to serve our community, hearing the stories of, of the things that he was able to do to help people. And, uh, well, I, as an eight-year-old boy, it was probably the time that he let me turn on the lights and sirens in his car. But, oh, boy. Yeah, that, that may have uh, sold me. But either way, I knew at an early age I wanted to serve my community. And when I had this opportunity in Lawrence, uh, I took it and never looked back. Were you a junior in college? Most people are trying to figure out where their next date is coming from, and you were going through law enforcement training. My goodness. I was. I actually took a semester off school to uh, do the training before I went back. It it took me seven years to uh, complete my degree, so uh, a little longer than the average college student. (laughs) That seven-year crowd, (laughs) uh, they're great Americans. Uh, So your life changed in 2002, as you said, Uh, tragic accident. Can you explain what happened that night? Yeah. So 
it was um, a really cold night in January of 2002. I was uh, training a new recruit that night. We were on the east side of Lawrence, and we stopped a, a car out there. It was an SUV, and I was walking the driver of that car to the side of the road. And as we got in between the SUV and our patrol car, I heard a shout. And when I turned, the last thing I saw were headlights. I was hit by a drunk driver going 50 miles an hour. Uh, you can see in the crash photos that there's actually an impression of my body on the back of the SUV and a line in the frost going over the top of the SUV. I landed 30 feet to the side of the road, two feet from a fire hydrant, and I'm fortunate to even be here today. So substantial injuries? I was fortunate that nothing was broken, but the uh, bruising, both internal and external, was uh, significant. I wasn't able to walk for uh, quite some time and um, ultimately wasn't able to come back to the street. I tried uh, two different times to get back to patrol and my body just didn't hold up. Hmm. Interesting. Well, both a miracle and also a disappointment, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, well, this changed your life. I think there's rehabilitation. There must be emotional and physical elements to that. But I think it also led you to law school. It did. So I took the next couple of years to try and figure out what I was going to do next. And, and you're right. I had to recover both physically and emotionally and uh, figure out how to move past what I thought was my calling uh, to find a new purpose. And I was uh, fortunate. Um, I call it turning my pain into purpose to find a new way to, to help victims of crime uh, in the courtroom instead. It was a, a chance meeting with a prosecutor that led me to the realization that I could still do this work for victims. Uh, just need to go back to law school and work on the other side. Trying Washburn Law School? Yes. Okay. That's here in Topeka. Um, so after you graduated from law school, what was your next step? So right out of law school, went to Wyandotte County, where I prosecuted everything from traffic tickets to murders. How long did you do that? Uh, that was three and a half years, I believe. Mm -hmm. At some juncture, you worked for the Kansas Security Commission, and and I think as as part of that, those people are they work essentially as assistants out of the attorney general's office, correct? That's correct. I was actually a special assistant attorney general mm -hmm. and prosecuted uh, white collar securities crimes across the state of Kansas. Stepping back to Wyandotte County, what was the caseload like that you worked? It was massive. Um, it's not typical that someone would have a, a murder case in their first year of prosecution, but that happens in Wyandotte County because the caseload is just uh, so substantial. So it went from misdemeanors all the way to uh, homicide? Correct. Okay. And White Collar Crime at the Securities Commission, that is a commission that regulates investment advisors and, and the like? It is. So uh, we work with investment advisors, but also investment fraud. And that can take the form of... Um, uh, corporations, investment advisors, um, and those are regulatory environments, but also fraudsters who uh, take advantage of the elderly throughout the state. 
in people who make up scams and, and uh, fraudulent investments. That's where I And in, in fact, the Attorney General's office has elements of both of those. They do criminal law and civil law. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Some, at some point in all of this, you became active in Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Can you explain your, what went on there? Yeah, so it was actually back in Wyandotte County. I I can remember the day and um, and the uh, location where we were in the courthouse. I was working on a case where a family uh, had lost a loved one to a drunk driver. I was sitting with the family, talking with them about the case. I was holding the hands of um, one of the family members, and I could. I could truly feel their pain for their loss uh, and recognize my own pain from my own loss uh, from a drunk driver and realize that I didn't want any family to ever have to experience that again. So I looked for a way to help out, to make sure that other families wouldn't have that same experience. And that's when I joined with Mothers Against Drunk Driving here in Kansas. And specifically, uh, the year that I joined, we were working to pass legislation uh, for an all-offender ignition interlock law that would require anyone convicted of a DUI to have an ignition interlock on their car that would keep them from driving drunk in the future. That's essentially a device that you would blow into a tube to register whether or not you have been consuming alcohol. And the car won't start, right, if if you have? Right. If you're over the limit, the car doesn't start, and there's uh, retests along the way, so you can't try and trick the system. <laughs> okay. There's a scammer everywhere. Okay, and then you, you actually took on a national role with uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Correct? Yeah, I was fortunate to become the chair of the National Board of Directors, and I got to travel the country doing this work, talking to industry leaders, uh, folks from the NFL, law enforcement throughout the country, and other victims. And what I really focused on was sharing my story, asking those folks to also turn their pain into purpose and to help their communities to keep their roads safe. You're obviously not a mother, uh, but you are a father. Tell us about your family. Yeah, so I'm uh, married 14 years to uh, my wife, Ashley. She is a cardiothoracic surgeon in uh, Topeka. We have two kids. Skylar is seven, and she just started second grade, and William is three. He just started preschool. Okay, good. Your bio mentions, uh, makes reference to the Catholic Year of Mercy and how that led you to make some certain decisions. I'm just not sure what the Catholic Year of Mercy is. You can explain that and tell us what you were compelled to do. Absolutely. So in the Catholic Year of Mercy, we were asked to do something to help those less fortunate. Uh, to do something that was difficult for us that would, in fact, impact uh, people who, um, who were less fortunate than us. So what I chose to do was uh, leave prosecution during that time, open my own law firm, and I worked on indigent defense cases back in Wyandotte County, helping folks who couldn't afford an attorney of their own. It's court-appointed counsel to people with cases in Wyandotte County? That's right. Okay. Uh, 
does your private law practice, has it had a special emphasis on drunk driving or has it just remained a general practice? Well, since that time, I've actually transitioned and have been working mainly with victims of uh, hmm. drunk drivers and helping them navigate both the civil and the criminal justice system. Because as I found, even if you're helping someone with their injury case as a drunk driving victim, uh, there's also a criminal case. They're a victim of a crime, and they don't often understand how that process works. Mm. And it can be difficult to, uh, to navigate that without an advocate on your side. Mm. Interesting. All right. Let's skip back to the AG's office and how you would... Uh, how you would handle yourself there. I think one of the general ideas that you've expressed on the campaign trail was to work on behalf of public safety. Do you want to elaborate more on that? Sure. It's one of the most important roles that the Attorney General's office has, and that is in several areas. So consumer fraud, that is a, a big area where uh, folks are being taken advantage of more and more by scam artists throughout the state. The pandemic just really kind of brought that to a head. So mm -hmm. we need to refocus the office to make sure that we're um, uh, finding those fraudsters, holding them accountable. Medicaid fraud is another big issue. It's costing the state millions of dollars a year still. And we can do more to uh, recoup that money make sure people are held accountable, and make sure that we can use that money uh, to help the people in the state. And the third thing, uh, as I mentioned before, is violent crime. Violent crime has risen dramatically over the past 10 years. In Kansas or generally in this country? Uh, generally in the country, but in Kansas specifically, hmm. uh, it's been up 40% over the past 10 years. So the violent crimes would everything from rape to murder? Right. So that's been going up quite a bit. Over the past decade. Do you have any idea why? Uh, if I did, I'd be able to fix it tomorrow. But <laughs> unfortunately, uh, this is a, a difficult issue that's going to require a lot of attention. And it's going to require uh, a lot of effort on our next attorney general because that office is um, the right place to coordinate with law enforcement and prosecutors across the state to help and uh, fix that problem and lower our crime rate. Mm -hmm. And as a former police officer and prosecutor, I've, I've experienced that. I've uh, experienced crime on the streets. I've experienced it in the courtroom. And I know what, uh, what folks across the state um, are going to need to um, help them, what resources they're going to need to uh, combat the crime that's occurring out there. You mentioned crime on the street. And you know, being a police officer has become more, perhaps more complex as as others who don't have that work experience uh, take issue with some of the conduct of police officers. Really, it's about uh, law enforcement violence and shooting people and beating people up and etc. So what is the status of life as a police officer these days? And you think they're being treated fairly by the public? Yeah, so uh, I can tell you that Law enforcement has a difficult job, has always had uh, a difficult job. But when the uh, community is not supporting law enforcement, it makes that job even harder. I think, though, uh, and what I've heard from law enforcement across the state, is that most of us here in the state do support law enforcement. Uh, we do want our officers to be um, supported by not just the citizens in the state, but by the government, uh, prosecutors, and, and officials. What 
is going to be necessary is making sure that um, as we talk to law enforcement across the state, that we're able to provide them with the training and resources they need to be able to properly do their jobs. Uh, the thing that I've heard from, uh, from multiple law enforcement agencies and, and people across the state is that there is a, a need and a desire for more training, for um, helping to provide more resources to combat mental health issues that are occurring in our society. And we need to find a way to provide those resources so that we can uh, help our law enforcement do their job. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with more training. Another element uh, of your campaign has been, uh, I believe if I'm interpreting this correctly, that you feel like the AG's office has been politicized to a degree. It's a political office, but I think maybe uh, you're talking about administratively. So, so can you dive into that piece of it? Sure. So I have said from day one that I think this office should be about public safety and not politics. Uh, understandably, you have to run for the office. So now I um, uh, fall in that vein. But the office itself needs to be there to help the people of Kansas. And that means that you can't be distracted by a political agenda or personal political beliefs. You have to be there to do the work every day to make people's lives better in the state, to protect their rights, to protect the Constitution, and to make sure that uh, folks feel comfortable in their communities. Mm -hmm. So we're speaking here about Attorney General Derek Schmidt, the Republican who's not running for re-election this year. Do you have a sense that he engaged in political activism uh, through the vehicle of his office? You know, any time that uh, there's um, a lawsuit that's filed for political reasons or to uh, chase the spotlight, that's a problem. And filing um, the lawsuit against the uh, election is an example of uh, that type of lawsuit. So you're saying is uh, the AG, Mr. Schmidt, jumped onto a lawsuit, uh, I believe he jumped onto one that was filed that involved a review of some of the swing states in the 2020 election that were won by Biden. And so I think Texas may have initiated it, but, but uh, Derek Schmidt joined that. And, and that was really maybe beyond, you're suggesting, beyond his role as Attorney General of Kansas. I'm saying that the Attorney General should be very selective about the lawsuits that are filed. I will never be um, concerned about uh, who is in office when I'm filing a lawsuit on behalf of Kansas. Um, I'll make sure, though, that I'm not using that platform uh, for political gain or for chasing the spotlight. I'll make sure that any lawsuits that we file or any uh, actions that we take as an office will be for the betterment of the people of Kansas. One opportunity you might have to to go through that thought process in regards to abortion in Kansas, a very controversial issue. You know, the Kansas Supreme Court says there's a, a right to abortion embedded in the Bill of Rights, and in the state, the voters rejected a constitutional amendment that would uh, nullify that decision. But the legislature has not spoken for the last time on abortion. Do you, what is your view on abortion, and, and how might you approach that legal dilemma and that balancing act between the legislature and the judicial branch. Yeah, so the uh, people of Kansas uh, have clearly spoken 
in this uh, August 2nd primary. And they want there to be a right for women to make their own private medical decisions. Uh, I can tell you that I'm not going to use the limited resources of the Attorney General's office to attack anyone's constitutional rights. I'll obviously enforce any laws that are on the books, but uh, I won't use this office for my own political agendas. Finally, to wrap up, uh, I was looking at your website, and uh, you've apparently decided to have a phrase to go with your campaign, and you're selling hats, coffee mugs, um, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, uh, uh, coolers, you name it. With the uh, with this on there, it says, vote Chris, C-H-R-I-S, not Chris, K-R-I-S, as in Chris Kobach, for Kansas Attorney General. So we got two Chris's here spelled differently. How, how are sales of your uh, mugs and T-shirts? <laughs> Do you have any idea? You know, I don't know, but uh, I can tell you I've gotten some photos from people who have uh, texted me and are proud to be wearing the shirt. <laughs> And uh, I think that'll uh, uh, show in the polls later in November when I win. Well, it's a good thing Bob didn't, somebody named Bob or somebody didn't get nominated uh, for attorney general by the Republican Party because your shirt wouldn't really have been, would have, messed wouldn't up have our been singing quite in the same way. I want to thank Chris Mann, former police officer and attorney and the Democratic candidate for attorney general of Kansas. Thank you for your time today and good luck with your race. Thank you. Really appreciate it.